I really need to look at the calendar a little bit more often. My name is Werner Puchert, and this is Finding Frequency. Why am I saying that? I just looked at the calendar now, and I just saw it's like, let me click over there quickly. Let me open this thing. It's two more days, three days of work, excluding this one, before Christmas. It's Christmas Eve on Thursday. And then there's the whole three days of Christmas celebrations, which Poland usually does. And then we end with uh, something on the 27th. And then uh, three days, and then it's nearly 2021. Strange. And it's funny, I'm seeing a lot of jokes. I don't know if if you're seeing the same thing, but people talking about um, how 2020 sucked. I cannot... I cannot... uh, disagree with that at all 2020 will probably always be remembered as kind of a shitty year and uh you know a sad year for a lot of people and i don't want to make too light of it i mean i tend to be a little bit lighthearted sometimes when the whim hits me and uh looking at 2020 it's not a great it wasn't a great year but then i also want to say that it wasn't it was strange i i for me it's more surreal than bad I today again I had a friend of mine reach out from South Africa asking me how it's going and you know like if you, especially when you haven't heard from someone you always remember the context of knowing this person and we went to school together I think he actually did an episode where he shared his pandemic experience with me and um, you know you think of those days that context and then whoop, fast forward through all this crazy things happening his life my life and then all of a sudden we sit here and we go holy shit, we're in the pandemic. And then you have things like last night in the news where they were talking about this crazy new strain in the UK. You cannot make this plot up in any movie. How does that happen? But maybe we also tend to over-dramatize things. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm not saying don't close the airports, but at the moment we're shutting down everywhere. It's like a second Brexit. This time Europe is kind of uh, exiting UK. Like, let's make the doors, close the doors. We don't want any UK people in here. But it's also kind of too late. I think the strain is already in Denmark. And then that bad boy is going to spread. It's going to get here. And I think we need to keep calm. It's no no need to freak out. Yes, it spreads faster. Yeah, maybe we should freak out. But, um, you know, it's not like death is knocking on our doors at the moment. But uh, it's a bit of an uncomfortable situation. Also, I want to say, like, I watched some news with Marta yesterday, Polish news, trying to kind of understand what's going on with Marta, kind of translating what's going on. And there's a lot of conversations being had. People are already um, kind of swinging handbags is the way that I like to uh, refer to it. It's like they're swinging handbags at each other because of the way the pandemic was treated at the beginning. Because, I mean, boy, could we have not done a better job everywhere for sure? But then retrospectively, looking at things, I could have done a better job with a whole bunch of things, even with this podcast. So it's a bit of a tough one, but I do think we could have done a better, better, better job. But then also there's this kind of inconsistency of how um, the pandemic has been applied. And I think that is kind of also very valid to look at is that, you know, let's close everything. Let's close the mom and pop shops and everything else. But uh, let's keep the church open. And I'm not saying this because, I mean, I actually feel uncomfortable saying it because I just see people are going to be throwing shoes at me. But, you know, 
you know, God gave you a brain to think with. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's tough. I think when you're hungry and you go like, I have to close my business and then, uh, yeah, let's go to mass. That's a tough one for people, I think. And I would really would have loved to see religious leaders on the forefront of um, really stepping in and filling the gap between what's like all the rumors and stuff and, um, you know, leading the flock. I'm not sure any flocks are being led at the moment because we want to keep things the way they are. That's what's being happening around here. Um, and even you can lead a flock even if you're under kind of fire. Like if you like if people really don't like you, I think that's where le like leadership really comes into play. Is that when people don't like you and you can become a leader through even those kind of times, man, that's a leader. And I think we are fundamentally struggling with having real leadership here. We're all hanging onto our banners and our flags. But it's not all negative. I don't want to be negative about this vibe. You know, I, I, I've been looking at my business and looking at the experiences here that Martha and I have gone through the last couple of months. And, you know, I can only walk away from it um, and not like the 31st of January or 31st of December is like a line in the sand. It's just, it's a date on the calendar for Pete's sakes, but we tend to hang our hats on something and that is it. And I can look at the last 12 months and I go, yeah, man, some good stuff happened. I'm lucky. I'm super lucky. I'm so lucky. Family around me is healthy for the most part. <laughs> the father-in-law is still going through rehab or whatever, but he's chipper and grumpy and chipper. So he's going, he's getting back into his vibe. That's good. That's cool. I'm happy about it. My family is doing whatever they need to do there in South Africa. I mean, curfews abound there and we're going to have to have our curfew. But there's this under my underlying tension. I feel it. I don't know if you feel it. I have a constant underlying tension. It doesn't go away. And I think that is also like for the last couple of months, I haven't been sleeping well at all. And funny enough, it's not the fear. It's not fear so much. I'm not fearing anything at the moment. Of course, I fear for my parents and I fear for my family and I fear for my wife and my kid. But I fear, I fear probably the most, I fear making the wrong decision. Because I feel like, and maybe I'm trying to be accountable for too many things that I shouldn't be trying to hold myself accountable for because that's a mistake we can also make. It's like, I speak to Marta about it a lot. It's like, Marta can get like really stressed out about a, a project, for example, sometimes. And then I ask her, but is that your responsibility? Is this what you are responsible for? You know, we have roles and responsibilities in organizations and projects, whatever. And of course, you want to always step in and say, can I help you with your responsibilities? But you also need to make sure that you're carrying your side of the, of the weight, you know, of the project. What is your responsibility? And sometimes it's a, it probably started off with me. It's like, um, maybe, yeah, the military changed my perspective a little bit about it, but it started off with like being employed, I guess. It's like at the end of the day, when your boss walks up to you, even if the project failed or whatever, it's like, what were you responsible for? Were you, were you able to pull things off? What did you learn from it? And then ultimately what I learned in the military is like, what is the ultimate result? So when I said failure, 
you know, if a whole project fails, but you delivered on your what you were responsible for, it's kind of irrelevant, right? But the thing is, I would argue though that you have to like focus on what you are responsible for before you go all off in a tangent trying to take responsibility for the whole world. And I think we all do that. Marta had a problem this weekend. Um, they made some decisions around uh, their garden and they removed some big trees. And Marta wasn't really aware of it, found out later, and uh, she was distraught. I mean, Marta cares about the planet. I, Me too, don't get me wrong. I mean, we are destroying this planet left, right, and center. You can't believe it. And, um, you know, she felt really bad about these plants being removed. I mean, here we are trying to do all the right things, and then we go and chop out plants. Great. But at the end of the day, I also said to Marta, listen, like, I, I, I empathize with how you feel, and but the thing is, at the, at the, like, you are trying to change something that you can't control. You know, it's not your house. It's not your garden. It's whose responsibility was at the end of the day to make the decision? Who made that decision? Can you really change that person's mind? I mean, she did say in some way that she could have controlled it or changed that decision. But ultimately, the person who decided to remove those things did it. And uh, probably I'm contradicting myself because, you know, we're all going to suffer from that in a little while, in a little way, not whale. It's a bit of a whale of a topic to talk about, I guess. But just bringing it back to the way I feel is that at the moment I feel so uncomfortable and I don't know how you feel. And this is genuinely how I feel, is that I don't want to do a lot of things. I feel like I need to stay, in, stay here, stay safe, stay out of the way, be patient. And I want my family to be here with me. The time that we spend together here is beautiful. I, I have... I feel like I've reconnected with my son, and this is a, something that's really cool along, along this past couple of months. I've seen him do things and seen him grow up a lot. I've had Marta just here on the other side of the door, speaking way too loudly in her Polish accent. And we were together. Through this whole experience, we've been together. But unfortunately, there is no uh, trips to sunny beaches. There's no trips to ski slopes and the problem is a lot of people are doing that we're getting photos from family members on the ski slopes at the moment i mean we did go out to the to old town last night and it was in a way a very irresponsible decision at the end in my mind i had this whole different picture of what the old town was going to be you know a couple of people just walking around it was like when i said there was a shitload of people there was a shitload of people there Coughing, sneezing, farting. You know, what was I thinking? But then you might also argue, Vanner, for Pete's sakes. It's open air. Just don't freak out about it. Marta had a bit of a moment there too at some stage where we were like wrangling two kids because Franzi had his friend there. And uh, the mask shot off her ear or something. I can't remember. And she couldn't breathe. Or and she was just like going, fuck, these masks. I'm over it. I'm also over it, Marta. It's, it sucks. This is really, this sucks. But the problem I have is that, like, do we need to, should we be giving up now? Should we just go stuff it and do whatever we need to do? And even if we wanted to do whatever we wanted to do, 
Last night, all the shops were closed. What were you going to do? Do I really want to go stand on the slopes and queues, breathing other people's air, and fundamentally don't give a shit about my other human beings around me? Because fundamentally, I will bring that virus back. I don't know. Was it like that in the Second World War? I always remember seeing these old movies where, and maybe that was also bullshit, where, you know, let's all pull together and do our share. Last night I thought, you know what, we always make such a big deal of people dying in war and fighting off and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, you think about all the bad things that happened during war. And then, you know, when I look at something, some of the behaviors during the pandemic, I'm going like, maybe we are just lemmings. Not all of us, some of us. Because there's a lot of people that don't give a shit. The only problem in this case is that when you don't give a shit, you're putting so much pressure on a lot of people who do actually give a shit. And I'm talking about people in the front line, the medical people. You know? The one thing that I also didn't see in the looping it right back to my news watching yesterday is that there a lot of things are being said. But there's two things that... The one is kind of skimmed over. The one thing is like, how are we going to fix this economy? You know? Like, am I going to be paying for all this, all this fun and games at the end of the day with my tax probably but then the other thing is that's the thing that I'm worried about the thing that's not being spoken about it's alluded to but it's never shown or really spoken about no matter what channel you look at or watch is what is actually going on in our hospitals what does the ICU really look like right now right now at this point why don't we see that why are governments shutting down all these things and stopping travel? i tell you what I think. I think our medical systems are on the brink of collapse. Why? People might say it's because of the pandemic. I would argue that it is years and years of underinvestment. Years and years of paying third-party health insurance and all this other stuff. I don't know. Whatever contributed to that. Big pharmaceutical companies making shitloads of money. I really feel for the frontline staff at the moment because I think they are getting a raw deal here because at the end of the day, all the waffle just hides the big problem. Of course we can go out and just ignore all the rules and regulations if there's a bed for us there. Because maybe I won't, will get sick, maybe not. Maybe I need a hospital, maybe not. You might argue, you know, okay, cool, Vanner, we can't all get sick at the same time. I, I say yes, I agree. But why do I know of medical practi practitioners who have to go out and buy their own PPE in Europe? I don't know. And I'm not negative about it. I'm just trying to understand. This is the things that I think about when I can't sleep because I'm always the asshole who say, no, I don't want to go to my mother-in-law. No, I'm not looking forward to Christmas. I'm not. Because I don't feel like it's a responsible thing to do to hang out with a bunch of people who might not even care about the pandemic in the first place. And there might be a, a time bomb sitting in there. And is it about me getting sick? You know what? I can't really afford to get sick. 
You're going to hit me hard. I need to pay rent and look after my family. That's one thing. Will I pull through? Most probably. I've done a bit of longboarding. I think I'm strong enough. Probably get my ass kicked with the man flu. But then there's other people, older people, people that we would like to have around for a few more Christmases. Those are the people you need to think about. But we don't because we want to have the moment now. And we're not thinking about the bigger picture. But perhaps I am missing the point. Maybe. I don't think so at the moment. But it's really tough. And I I am, as much as I sit behind this microphone sounding like I know what I'm doing, I'm not. It's super unsure out there. I don't know. I really don't know. And at the moment, I'm really on autopilot trying to make decisions on the fly. How are you doing it? Are you just like really hanging on to the rules that the government is spewing out? Or are you trying to navigate your own way? Do you have your family standing next to you saying, yes, we will? Or are they saying, hey, this guy's a boring ass? Or gal? Anyways, it's not negative. It's just, hey, let's think about this. Interesting time of year. Interesting time to live. Interesting times to live in. Surviving a pandemic. Go figure. And I think I've said that a few times in this podcast. Good stuff. Okay, so uh, let's wrap this up. I've been waffling already, like hitting on to 20 minutes. That's a bit too much, Vanner. Too much. Especially just before Christmas. <laughs> 